0: Hey there, listeners. Welcome to This Humana Life, the podcast formerly known as the WNRG podcast series. So why the name change? We wanted to be more inclusive and let our listeners know this Humana Life is for everyone. This podcast is by Humana Associates for Humana Associates. We have the opportunity to share personal and professional triumphs, successes, and the utmost authentic realness of our fellow associates and leaders. And as always, we believe the best knowledge is knowledge that is shared.
1: Throughout our podcast journey, you'll hear advice from thought leaders, gain insight into areas of expertise other than your own, and hear the inspiring stories of others.
0: This production is made possible with the support of the Women's Network Resource Group and the dedication of our core team.
1: I'm Tara DeLucia. I'm Carmen Pantoja-Evans
0: and I'm Brittany Lemire. Join the conversation on buzz at go slash THL. And don't forget to subscribe by texting THL to 239355. So you'll never miss an episode. Thanks for joining us this week. Hey there, listeners. Thanks for joining us for part two of our interview with Beth Bierbauer. Through our candid and authentic conversation, you'll hear best personal stories as a caregiver as well as learn great career advice. Thanks for joining us this week. Well, so in the uh, segment update from 2018, you, you had mentioned that new disruptors are the health, entering the healthcare space from emerging technologies to startups, and they have to figure out and simplify the pain points. Um, and you said, "Now more than ever, we must understand our customers." And we all know that disrupt and being a disruptor is a very big buzzword in our industry. Can you sh- kind of share your personal definition of what we're mm-hmm. doing to be a disruptor and what that means here in the healthcare space?
2: Right. Thank you. I think that uh, we're very, very focused. I know we're very, very focused on the consumer, and we're very, we're beginning to be very obsessed with with who they are and what they're telling us, and um, really Really making sure that we are looking at everything with a critical eye and How that makes a consumer one of our members for example feel? Um, uh, How difficult is it to do business with us? You know just two weeks ago, you know, I I told you I am I um, care for my sister with with special needs and um, You know, I'm a legal guardian. So I had sent in all the paperwork to to Humana and then I got this notice that I had to actually go on the website it was a notice to her. Go on the website if I wanted to authorize people to be able to talk to us about claims. Something. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. When might just send in all this legal paperwork? But I went on the website and um, you know it it wasn't quite as easy to use as, as I as I would have would have hoped. But um, it was just really interesting when they had the drop down box because you could be a, a sibling, you could be a parent, you could be a child, a friend, or an other. And um, in addition to adding myself, I wanted to add my husband and my sister, my other sister. So it's like, okay, that's sibling. But when I added my husband, I thought, he's an other? He does mm-hmm. so much to help my sister. If he were doing this, would he be offended <laughs> that it didn't mm-hmm. at least say other relative or, mm-hmm. or, or something, something like that? But I think we just have to think about two things. It was a little hard to complete that task. But then, also, when I was doing it, there was a little bit of emotion in in, in play, like, wow, you know, a lot of people are caregivers. And they don't always fall into these neat, neat categories. So, how do we start to think about if we want to help people become advocates for us and with us in helping their their loved ones? We have to think about, um, you know, how they interact with us and and how they feel about us emotionally as, as well. And, you know, it wasn't a bad experience by any means, and I, I don't want to say that, but, you know, I'm just wondering if we would have stepped back and really talked to some caregivers and say, well, who else, or who else you know, is, is out there or, you mm-hmm. know, what is your relation? I mean, didn't have anything for an, hmm. an aunt or an uncle. Well, a lot of people take care of their, sure. their aunts and uncles, mm-hmm. right? So, I think just really putting yourselves in the consumer shoes, and we're really starting to do that at Humana. We do a lot of research, we bring a lot of members in to have conversations with us. Um, You can hear leaders throughout the organization sharing their personal stories, either with loved ones or also what they've witnessed when they've been out, so I see it in leaders, where. You can sit there and say, "Hey, I was at the pharmacy and I saw this happen," or, uh, "You know, I was at the DMV and I saw this happen with a person who who clearly was over sixty-five, so on and so forth." So you start to see this level of awareness really rising in our associates. That now they're they're really starting to think about consumers in a different way, and that will be the only way we can change the game and the only way that we can compete with the Googles and the Amazons of the world. They are obsessed with their consumers, Mm -hmm. and their job is to eliminate friction points. Mm -hmm. And when they do that, they earn loyalty, and they earn trust. 100%. And and you hear Bruce saying, we want loyalty and we want trust. We are gonna have to knock down those barriers for our customers and and really make sure we are resolving issues that matter to them.
3: What I am excited about in all of that is that we have so many um, member-facing associates who are obsessed. So you've got these ground level folks who are in the members' homes and they're on the phone with them and they really are obsessed with the member and the member experience and making sure that their, their experience with Humana is a positive one, that perfect experience piece. So I feel like the two ends are gonna come together and it, it is going to be transformative for, for the industry uh, and for Humana over time, but, but it's that obsession. We have to be obsessed with, with the member experience.
0: I agree, we
2: just have to um, continue to get better at a quick mechanism for our frontline associates to, to have their voices heard faster yes. and to identify those trends faster because they really are the heartbeat of the company. 100%. And they really are early warning systems Yes, is if something's gone awry, right? Around a benefit or a or call script or something like that. They know first, yeah. so how do we allow that to um,
3: kind of rise up faster. Well, and, and to empower them, to to be able to take take action ownership. when they can. Well, ownership, ownership, action. And some of it, in, in my experience, has just been understanding the different parts of the business. So there's a level of business acumen that's necessary for, for folks who are frontline and maybe work at home and maybe in this tiny little space in the city, isolated. How do you understand how your work impacts the bigger human picture, um, you know, our financial you know growth like there's so many pieces to this that that we can we can do more with
2: right No, i i agree and even associates that don't feel like they're customer facing everything impacts a customer and it, it's think of think of it as um tributaries that feed up into a river yes. right you may be over here and thinking oh i'm in accounting and it doesn't it sure it sure does I bet you can look at that six degrees of separation and say, what is it that you're doing that ultimately impacts that, impacts that customer? So even if it isn't readily apparent, um, you know, it's really important for associates to sit there and say, you know what, somehow, someway, I'm impacting the customer. So I want to make sure that this process I'm putting in place is the right thing to do and is as easy and simple as, as possible because if I can help you, my fellow associate do your job easier, then boom, that is eventually going to impact the customer. Um, So I think it's important for us to just continue to have that percolate throughout the organization.
0: But I I really feel Humana for the first time in my professional life. If I did see a problem, I could speak up. I mean, speaking up with candor is one of our guiding behaviors, which is pretty truly amazing. And we did a a podcast earlier in the year on the employee voice and speaking up with candor and being, having, knowing that our frontline associates they're really truly getting a good pace of what, what's going on in members' lives and how we can go in and impact that or make something easier for them. Something as simple as just staying live on the phone while we get a claims issue solved. Like that could be all the difference in that member's day is just helping them out in certain ways. So I really love that as employees, I, I'm speaking personally, I feel empowered enough to make that decision and to make that call to do, do my best to create that experience for a member.
2: And when that happens as leaders, we have to make sure that we are seizing those moments. Um, I had a situation uh, a year ago in February. I was still in the group and specialty segment and I would listen every month to voice of the customer calls within uh, my segment. And um, I said, listen, gotta jump off and in the call. And my associate said, no, you have got to listen to this call. We are afraid we cannot get in touch with this member and we are really afraid for him. And so um, I listened to the call. I knew who to call my peer immediately. It took about 48 hours to get everything resolved. But this was really very critical for this member. And I was so proud of our associates for telling me, no, Beth, you are not going to your next meeting. You have to listen to this call because we are really worried about this member. We can't hmm. reach this member. And we know that he doesn't have something that he that he needs. And um, I think that's just a great example of, of speaking up and we just have to make sure that we really applaud that when those things when those things happen.
3: Well, and the more the more we realize that we're dealing with a, a human being and the one of the most vulnerable populations and for myself, you know, I I was on the phones. I was working with members and then I I've, I've gone into leadership roles and we try to do ride-alongs and recently I did a ride-along that kind of brought me back Um, to the whole reason why I'm dedicated to this business and seeing the conditions that some of our members live in and seeing the barriers. We use these words, these buzzwords very freely, but like legit barriers to um, prescription medicines that are on the ground. And she's lost her sight, so she doesn't even know the pill bottle's there. And how is she taking her medicines correctly? And the work that our care managers do is incredible. It It is work that you can hardly put a value or, or a number on because it's so powerful what these people are doing in our members' homes. But it took that, and I've done this role, and it took that reminder to me like, okay, refocus. We are, we are doing something incredible here.
2: Mm-hmm. That's, that's a great, great story. I think we ought to call all of our associates angels
0: they are are. but I just and also I feel it goes into just we're so much more than a health plan like what other healthcare company out there is offering social isolation toolkits that we'll send out to our members that you know may be facing certain other determinants what other company is going out there and holistically trying to care for these vulnerable populations and also making a difference in our associates lives and the communities we serve I mean it's it's bold goal it's just truly part of a, a such a bigger picture than any other company, I feel.
2: I, I agree, and people want to work for a company with a great, great mission. And I think it speaks to, I always say, if you want to get to good health, you have to go beyond health. And that's what the bold goal, goal speaks to. That's what working with social determinants and social isolation and things like that uh, speak to. And that's what our associates do when they're on the phone or in the or in the home helping, helping our members. Helping understand what's the real issue and what's the real barrier that's that's preventing good health. And nine times out of ten, it isn't that people don't want to be engaged in their health. They have something else going on. They can't afford the medication. They can't see the medi- that the medication's yeah. on.
3: They can't on feel floor. it. They have neuropathy and they can't actually feel which pills and they drop them. I mean, the list goes on and on. And yeah. having the care managers being able to um, assess the situation and really to support what's most relevant to the member not the fact that they're you know maybe not adherent to their their uh, diabetes medication it's well they don't have food so let's start there and then we can move toward medication and start with what
2: matters to the member first
1: and that human element matters tremendously but we're also thankful for technology right so you go from one side of that human element and and what matters to uh, technology and then to artificial intelligence and watson so you know, we're still trying to keep our hands on the human element, but we're also trying to reach to artificial intelligence. So, you know, how, how do you, how, how do those two support one another?
2: You know, I, I have saying, leveraging technology to create more human touches. Hmm. If you leverage technology appropriately, what you can do is actually create more touches with the right folks. So... As an example, if our you know care managers have a, a list of 200 people that they have to call every month, what you want is is you, you want to know that, you know what, these 50, actually, I don't need to call right now, everything's good, and oh, by the way, at 10 o'clock in the morning, a new name pops up on the list because we just received a lab result that we know now means Beth Bierbauer probably needs to go in to see her primary care physician pretty darn quickly, right, or that Sally is, two days away from not having her prescription drugs. So that is the most urgent need. So that's where you take technology to be able to say, how do you leverage that artificial intelligence to really be able to direct our care managers to the right people in the right moment? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, so that way you, you, you're, you're able to say, look, so the people that are doing okay, it's okay i'll call them once every six weeks or once every eight weeks or maybe an email is okay and a touch base that way is going to be okay for right now but these other people are who really need us more in mm-hmm. this moment and that's where the machine learning can do so much for us um, and it can also help providers as well so when you think about authorizations and, and things like that how do we get smarter for looking for the outliers as, as opposed to saying okay everything has to come in everything has to come in everything has to come in okay, well, why don't we just figure out how to, how to flip it on his head and say, just let me look at the outliers and maybe I can just see those outliers when the claims come in to know which providers mm-hmm. really maybe need a little bit more scrutiny or, or focus. And that's where technology and artificial intelligence can really just transform our organization. And that's why I say you leverage it for more human touches.
1: I like that.
3: I do too.
0: And so you're kind of you're definitely a mover and a shaker in Humana, from what I mean. You said you eliminated your position, which sounds terrifying, but it was sort of like better of the business. Which I, that story is just amazing all on its own. Can you kind of share how you approach the unknown or risk taking?
2: Sure. Um, you know, I do I do love to learn, and I do like to uh, push myself. Um, I, I don't ever like to be bored, and I really do get energized by. By learning and and um, by being busy at learning um, as well, not just being busy, but being busy and 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 really saying, "Gosh, I'm," you know, "there's just so much new that I'm I'm really learning here that I that I didn't know before," and um, I think that's been a, a trait that's helped that's helped me because over the years, people have said, "Well, let's just throw this to Beth and she'll, she'll figure it out." So I think that's been really really positive. Um, you know, a quick story with the with the edge. Um, I was uh, working from home on, on, I think it was a Friday, and I um, uh, got a call from Tim Huval and said, hey, you know, we're, we've been, you know, I just want you to know, we've been interviewing people, you know, for this, for this position. And I said, oh, don't worry, Tim, I'm happy to interview whoever you want me to interview. And he goes, uh, no, <laughs> we'd actually like to talk to you about it. And I went, really? I hadn't, you know, hadn't really, really thought about it. And he said, listen, I said, yeah, I'd, I'd be willing to have a conversation with you about it and um he said okay well bruce will call you next week. Well about an hour later, you know, bruce pops up on my phone <laughs> and he says are you in? And oh. I said yeah. <laughs> and then I thought to myself, how am I going to tell my husband tonight when he gets home that I have just accepted a new position and I'll probably be traveling even more and 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 further away. But when my husband and I ended up talking about it and and um he said, "You know, Beth, it it really isn't, wasn't that sudden, because you've been talking for a while now about how you'd like to get closer to the consumer, closer to the consumer. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I, I think, I think when, I, when I think about taking risk, um, sometimes things seem risk, risky, but, but sometimes if you really break it down, you sit there and say, no, you know what, I've sort of been thinking about this for a while, and, or, or following a new passion for a while and um so i would just say look you know if you have an opportunity to do something new and different obviously you want to make sure you can balance it with your your family life our son's grown so you know traveling for me is not not a problem but for me going out on the edge no pun intended (laughs) and really starting from scratch Mm -hmm. is scary right but but it's also really exciting, because you know you really have an opportunity to make the difference. But even when I went back, and if we go back to when I first picked up Employer Group and then, it, then, then Military, that was big. All of a sudden, you know, I went from a billion dollars in, in revenue for specialty to, to five and then up to eight billion. And you know, you can't look at it this way, mm-hmm. because if you look at it that way, you get overwhelmed. What I just say is, okay, What's the next thing I can do to move the ball forward, mm-hmm. to move it down the field, or to learn some, something new? So if you're worried about taking a risk, maybe don't look at it as a big risk. Maybe, maybe break it down a little bit and say, well, wait a minute, this part is actually probably familiar to me, and I'm probably good at this here, so I really only have to learn some things over here, so maybe it isn't as big of a risk as maybe I, I would thought, or uh, I thought, and sometimes I see people that are just really worried because they'll say, oh, this is too big of a risk, and especially women. There's a lot of um, information out there that said, if a man and a woman who are both equally qualified for a role, the woman will pull back and not bid because she feels like she has to be more qualified. I've never done that. Good <laughs> for you. <laughs> and say, I'm your, I'm, I'm your gal. Uh, But, you know, you do you do get that sense. I mean, I I I have some self-talk internally around that But somehow externally I push myself to go ahead and you know uh, Bit bit on something but but maybe if you just think about it differently and and say wait a minute actually Let me talk about all the good things I have going for me that will offset some of the things that quite frankly I don't know and I know I'm not gonna know for a while makes it a little less risky I think a little less scary
3: where did you learn that? Where did you learn that I'm jumping in and, and I, like you said, most women, we need to check a few boxes and make sure we have them all before we can step forward. But it sounds like that it's built on you just to, to jump.
2: You know, um, I, I share a little story with you. If, if my mother were alive, she would tell you that from the time I could walk, I used to sleepwalk at night and I'd always try to get out of the house. I had a wonderful childhood. I had wonderful parents. We had a roof over our head. We weren't rich by any means, but I had a roof over my head. Um, really great upbringing, but I have always had, even as I talk right now, I feel it in my tummy. I have always had this desire to know that there's something else out there, and it was never about anything materialistic. So even as a Girl Scout, I worked my way up with Girl Scouts, I would apply for the camp that was in California. Right. Or as far away as I as I could, because I just sort of knew there was something else out there other than what was in my own hmm. little world. And, um, you know, I don't just don't know if that's an inherent trait. My, my mother is a bit of an explorer and she would try to push the envelope, which was, you know, difficult back back then uh, for women and and um you know so she was certainly a, a good role model but i've always just had this whether it's oh i you know i haven't read that book what's in that book shouldn't i know what's in that book or i haven't been to this state or i haven't read about this how you know so it's always been in me but my mother would say you would always always and i and i have vivid recollections of me standing at the door trying to get, she goes, we have to put the lock up here, Beth, because you would try to get out the door. And there was just something really innate there. Luckily, I don't sleepwalk anymore. <laughs> um, but I just have this desire to learn something, just to learn something new. And for me, it's all about the experience. If If, if you said... Beth, you have the choice between a diamond ring—well, maybe not a diamond ring—but like <laughs> if you if you have the choice to you know get a, a really big souped-up car or some big beautiful home, or you have the opportunity to go explore over here, I would take the exploration every every day. Or if you had the choice between something fancy and sitting at the knee of a professor like a Clayton Christensen. Um, or somebody who's really smart, I would take the latter every day. I would, I, would just, I would just love to be able to do that, to learn from people who are just really, really smart. Mm-hmm. That's what really gets me excited and gets me jazzed.
1: So risk-taking, exploration, push the envelope. I love all those phrases. You need and to be a cruise director. I, yes, yeah, you I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then uh, even today, I have heard Brittany say quite a few times that um, we'll, that she quotes you. Yes, and so. I've yeah. heard it. I've heard it even way before that, you know, uh, that in different times where you've spoken, where you speaker series that you say no means not now.
3: It does. So we <laughs> use that all the time. All the time.
0: Did your
1: ears burn like five or six yeah, times because day?
0: that's me. Because I, our listeners should know by now, it's on the sticky note on my laptop yep. because all I right. just I love this mentality because it just. I would consider myself risk adverse about six months ago. Now, no way. I'm in a whole new business area and I love it. That l- like NASCAR left-hand turn on the learning curve. Like I love it. So as Carmen had mentioned, you know, no means not now. Can you share a little bit more about that mindset?
2: Sure. Um, you know, I I try not to be pushy. Certainly earlier on my career, I, I was, I was uh, a lot pushier. I think I'm a little bit more delicate and <laughs> um, not now, but um, you know, I I I, I uh, recently had a had a quote around the beginner's mind um, where um, I can't pronounce the the gentleman's name Suzuki something said. Mm. In the beginner's mind, there are many possibilities. In the expert's mind, there are few. And what I see in people is, and even myself at times, that you know no comes too easily and I tell you you tell me no and the hair on the back of my neck stands, stands up um, and, and what I really believe is that when people say no oftentimes especially when we're trying to solve a problem at work or reduce friction or eliminate friction it just means that they, they have, they're thinking with the expert's mind oh I've, I've thought through this there's nothing we can do mm. and they just need to peel back the onion a little bit and we need to look at it a little bit differently Um, so that's just sort of how I see things when I see the word no I say oh there's a big onion and we're just gonna start peeling back that layer by layer by layer so we can figure out how to get to yes in some form and that may be a small step and it may not be all the way to where we want to go but hopefully it'll it'll put us on on the the path there I had somebody say about me uh, once they said when when best coming you see her coming and you know you probably ought to work with her now because she's eventually going to get her way. <laughs> and I, I like said, that. I think that's a compliment. <laughs> I'd <laughs> um, say so. I'm not, was, wasn't, wasn't quite sure, but, but again, just I think people get stuck and people need help getting unstuck. And I was very, very fortunate that I've had good mentors and good sponsors that helped me get unstuck mm. and helped me learn how to think that, that way. And uh, so I think it should be shared. Awesome
0: you know how refreshing that is for to hear a leader say, well, we're going to look deeper into the problem and, like, go after it to find that solution? I love that.
3: Yeah. It's, I mean, it's it's definitely refreshing because I think we all get so busy, and it's not intentional, and we're, we're trying to operationally get things done. And, and sometimes it just takes one person to say, let's dig. Parse, yeah. Let's dig a little bit on this because because we can, because we need to.
2: Right, and I think it's incumbent upon all of us, and you know, for me, especially as, as a leader, I have to be even more careful because I'll say something and people will run with it. Oh, and that's that, not really mm. what I mean. If I'm pushing people, I, I say, mm-hmm. this is really just my way of saying, have you really thought it through? Have you really thought through mm-hmm. all the options? Are there other alternatives that are out there? Don't just take what I say because nine times out of ten, I'm probably going to be wrong. But I'm in the ballpark. Mm -hmm. And um, so I think as leaders in the organization, we have to really be careful. People will take what we say and just run with it. So how do we make sure that they are pushing back on Mm -hmm. on us? And I look for people that will do that, that will really push push back. I have a new um, uh, marketing uh, lady, and she's just awesome. And... Um, I was uh, on a phone call hauling my luggage literally up 10 steps because there was no elevator (laughs) and I was gone for two weeks so it was a big bag I hadn't eaten so I was hangry and um, (laughs) I just said I don't you know I don't think that you you really um, went all all out and really really uh, pushed through and thought through what I asked you to do and she goes Beth I really need you just to listen to me for the next 10 minutes and then and then make up your mind. And that, I thought that was really brave, mm-hmm. right? But if you knew Jessica, you know that this is Jessica. So I said, okay. Well, literally, by the end of 10 minutes, I said, okay, stop selling. You got me. <laughs> and I, Good. Um, but, you know, if if she weren't strong, mm-hmm. she would have sat in there and said, oh, well, you know, all right, best I'd best I know this is maybe not something. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I tell my people, I really do want you to push back mm-hmm. because I'm willing to change my mind. In fact, I change my mind a lot. And I always think it's really important if somebody comes back at you, to give them one more chance. Because you want, maybe you were hangry carrying mm-hmm. your bag up 10 steps, right. and you weren't really thinking it through. Or you, know, you just weren't digesting the information properly. Hmm. But boy, you know, just like speaking up, pushing back mm-hmm. is really, really critical. Um, and if you don't do it, I've, I've done it. In fact, one time when I got into my new, new role in employer group, my, my leader at the time told me if I ask him about the same topic one more time, he was going to put somebody else in my place. And I waited two weeks, and I went back one more time, and I said, now, you can do whatever you want with me after you're done. After you, please let me say this. And I said, I'm new in this role. And I, there's a lot I don't know. What I look for you to help me with as a leader is to help me think things through. So I'm coming with you purposely with a half-baked idea because I don't know. Hmm. So I'm h- asking you to, I know something isn't right here. I just am not sure what's not right. So could we spend 10 minutes going into this? And he did that, and he goes, "Oh, so what you're saying is you have an administrative cost problem? I get it now." And he was all, all behind hmm. me. But literally, I came back to him four times, and um, and he was pretty getting, getting, getting pretty, pretty mad. But I knew it was important enough. I mean, it was it was a hundred, couple hundred million dollar issue, and so I knew it was important enough that if I didn't push back now, other times, you know, one to just drop it and you know raise it again mm-hmm. later when the time is is, is appropriate, but look for people that are willing to push back because I think you can do it really respectfully mm-hmm. um, and, but it makes you the better better leader and it makes you a better associate and colleague it really, really does dissension is really, really good the biggest fear that I have is when people collate around consensus that means we haven't thought it through hard enough oh my yeah right
1: mm-hmm.
2: that's, that's actually a problem when people are all oh yeah, this is great it's coming. Kind of like, wait a minute <laughs> if we all agree
3: that fast we're missing something Great
1: point. Very good point.
3: Well, I I think, you know, one of the questions we love to ask is, what's a story you don't get to tell often enough? Boy, that's a great question. Um, And you shared a lot of stories with us. I do. I do, (laughs) I do
2: have a lot of stories. You know, one of the things I think I'd like to share is how privileged I feel to work with the management team here at Humana. I'm really honored to do that. We get along really well. I know I can go to my peers and get help, and I've had to do that. I've walked into Alan Wheatley's office or Brian and office or William Fleming. These are just a few examples that are coming to my head and said, I need your help.
1: Hmm.
2: I need maybe these people from your area to come over and work on a, a special project for me because it's really important and it's not going well. Um, to, To be able to work with peers that are willing to put you ahead of them when you really have need, that doesn't happen in many organizations. Most people would take an opportunity if I walked into their office in another organization and said, I'm really dying on a vine here and I really need your help, they'd step back and watch me fail. And we just have such good working relationships, I can call any one of my peers and say, you know, I'm thinking, thinking about something. Can you help me think this through? And that has given me comfort over the years. and maybe given me courage because I, I know that I have peers that have got my back and um, are willing to be supportive and aren't, aren't sitting there saying, oh, this is a perfect opportunity for a land grab. It's, no, here's, a, here's an opportunity to, to talk through something with my peer. I'm not sure you see that in a lot of different organizations and I'm not sure that I say that enough about our organization, but it's something I think that um, we do pretty well and it's just, I'm so grateful to be in an organization where people actually act that way and and, and have each other's back and can really have frank conversations, mm-hmm. um, it's just special. And I'm not, sure, I'm not sure I see that much in other organizations, at least when I'm out talking to my colleagues from other organizations, I don't hmm. hear that kind of you know, collaboration.
0: So, whenever we had uh, Carmen's leader on, Irene Hustiniano, she had mentioned uh, the concept of organizational generosity. Mm-hmm. And I feel that we really have that at Humana. If somebody reaches out, you either get them in touch with the person they need or you help point them in the right direction. So that's that just great
2: terminology.
3: Organizational, Thank you. yeah, that's generosity. Great. That's yeah. great. I hadn't heard that term, so thanks for educating me. I love to learn. <laughs> Anything else you want? I, we're or, right or, at time. I'm going to be respectful of that.
2: No, I would just like to say to everyone out there that's listening, you know, you have an opportunity. Seize it. Your career is what you make of it. Um, nobody's going to sit there and plan it out for you. You literally have to have a plan. And I've I've had a plan. When I talked about moving from you know Coventry to Highmark to Humana, I thought, how do I get into a bigger bigger stage in terms of larger larger membership um, uh, space? Um, when I had first conversations about moving from product innovation to a P&L role year, years ago. I, I said, okay, here's my plan, here's where I think I'm, I'm okay, and here's where I have gaps. I think a plan is really, really important. Now, as Cheryl Sandberg said, it is a jungle gym. So it isn't just tick, tick, tick up the corporate ladder. But if you really have a plan and you let your leader know and um, you know, other leaders in the, in the organization that you may be, be close with. They will keep that in the back of their mind, and you make it so easy for them to move you along because you've laid it out for them. Do you mm. know how hard it is as a leader to sit there and say, okay, why well, have an opening? If, if they don't know what your desires are or where your thoughts are as to mm. where you want to go, they may be totally missing the boat and not even thinking about you for a position because you haven't spoken up and said what you want. So it's your career, own it, lay out a plan, um, network with as many people as you can. I, I talk to everybody. I, I say I talk to every recruiter that calls me. Um, I, never, I never refer for positions that are compa- competing with ours, but over the years, I've been able to refer a lot of people um, to them, and, and um, in return, they've been able to help, help me. Uh, one of them just um, helped me rewrite my profile right because i was getting on a board and i said i need to rewrite this and i'm not sure it's professional enough for for this particular board and you do the boards in your executive recruiting practice and so she was very kind and saying here's here's how you here's how you write this write this up so networking i think is really important both inside our industry and outside of our industry just figure out how you can use every every opportunity and um, i network in little mini bites so literally i had the opportunity to see somebody uh, a week ago who's A big 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 player and I only had 20 minutes with this gentleman Mm -hmm. but I took my 20 minutes I prepared for it and um, it was you know it was a it was a great great meeting so take control of your career network don't be superficial about it because people are busy have a real reason to want to meet with them where you're actually giving them value Mm -hmm. not just sucking from from them for me I always sit there when people say hey do you just want to be my mentor I said how about if we work on a Mm -hmm. problem together because mm-hmm. I feel like that's where I can be my best, and I feel like you're using my time as as well. So those would just be two big takeaways I would have have for folks and say, don't be afraid, because you can really have a good career and still have a lot of work life work life balance if you have a supportive family and 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 you know how to you know get rid of some things in your personal life that you don't need to be need to be doing um, you, you can do it and you can do it well and I'm just I'm very blessed that I've um, that I've um, been able to work at Humana and work with the colleagues here at Humana and that you know every once in a while I've made some good decisions <laughs> and have led me here so I appreciate it and I appreciate all your time oh uh, we thank it. you
1: for, thank you for spending the time with us and Beth Bierbauer and and just uh, choosing to share these special words and special um Uh, takeaways and I know we're all going to we've all learned from it and the audience will too so thank you thank you ladies appreciate it
3: and that's it for this episode you can share with us on buzz at go forward slash thl and don't forget to subscribe by texting thl to 239355 we want to thank you for spending
0: time with us this week We can use our guiding behaviors and speak up with candor to share our Humana stories through this podcast. Let's keep the conversation going together about this Humana life.
1: Until next time, be intentional,
0: stay curious, and inspire others.